0: This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nikidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully ever, 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona.
1: Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything so jess has been doing her long runs interval sessions and she will be tackling the final 10k in the underarm infinite elite shoes
0: yeah big focus on endurance and a brand new foam which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs so if you want to know more head to the link in the show notes
1: You are listening to The Running Channel Podcast with me, Sarah Hartley, the least knowledgeable on today's topic, my co-host Andy Badley, who is a self-confessed gym lad, and our button-pressing pal in the corner, Rick, who swears by a 50-50 ratio, but more on that later.
2: Brilliant. Gym self-confessed lad. Self-confessed gym lad. I mean, look at me. Look at me. I've never seen less of a gym lad in my life.
0: Well, thanks. I'll take that as a compliment. But yeah, Yeah. today we're going to talk about strength and conditioning for runners. So don't tune out now. with something in this for everybody because it is really important. It's the bit that nobody wants to do. And it doesn't mean lifting heavy weights. It just means making yourself as well conditioned as possible to run faster, to avoid injury. All of the good stuff, basically.
1: Grab your kettlebells. Let's dive in.
0: So I'm still laughing at that. How many uh, kettle bells have you recently grabbed, Sarah?
1: <laughs> so I only have one. Okay. Um, which, if you watch an upcoming video where I do a 30-day challenge, where I needed two <laughs> to Brilliant. do. Uh- what did
0: you use for your second one?
1: nothing Ten of baked beans no i was doing i think it's called a fireman's carry where you literally oh. just hold two kettlebells and walk yes and i only had one so what did you do i took five steps and wobble. Hands. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well okay at least it. i mean i think the point of that carry exercise is that you're evenly distributed yep. either side but you would have been at least testing your core
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah so um should, well, let's claim it was deliberate yeah yeah, yeah. Excellent. definitely worked on one side
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've got one real, i've got an ab just the one i know yeah, you've been
0: doing what have you been doing today ab <laughs> <laughs> so sarah how's your running been going what did you get to up to at the weekend something quite uh, exciting
1: well i took on a 24 hour race in a team of four where we ran up and down um snowden which is also called yeah. James taught us this so well on the weekend. Yeah, because
0: they've they've embraced the original Welsh name, right? Yeah, the Welsh Which, language name. sorry
1: if I'm butchering this, but I'm pretty sure it's something like Iriri.
0: Well, I'm not going to try and say it. Yeah, well done.
1: Thank you. Um, But yeah, it was one of the hardest challenges I've ever taken on. Mentally tough, because you're just doing the same thing over and over again when you're yeah. going point to point. There is nothing worse than literally coming over the finish line and then having some, you know, noodles, some nice food, some snacks and bars, and then having to persuade yourself to To go go back over the finish line. And And the fact that you're
0: running to the summit, just going, yeah, I'm at the summit, and then going straight back down again.
1: Also, the other thing that was funny as well is that obviously the summits of most high mountains in the UK or hills um, are very very popular so mm, in yeah. order for it to be like a swift race and for it like there not to be any collisions you basically got to pretty much the summit and then yeah. there are some steps up to the actual kind of like high high point but you didn't go there you kind of diverted off to the side and then came through the timing chip and then turned around and came back down oh, yeah. um, so, there is so a... you didn't even get to the top <laughs> no, so there was oh. we did on the last lap but there was a there was a part of me as well of just like when you're in that descending into madness halfway up a mountain at 3am yeah. crying that was like, I'm not even making it to the top. What is the point? <laughs> Twenty four
2: <laughs> hours as well. Yeah, Sarah, that's
1: long, hardcore. It's a long thank you. So yeah, stay tuned hardcore. on
0: the the running channel for this because it's going to be an amazing video. Uh, I've seen a few clips. So I've seen the before and after shots of the the four presenters. So.
1: We did not come back the same people. That yeah, you look broken. Yeah, we were broken. Did
2: you sleep for uh, about you know two days and you got back?
1: Yeah. I put my head on a pillow. Best sleep ever. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. But also the drive back from Wales is really long. So we all kind of napped on the way back. Just a couple of couple of days of sleeping, really, after a day of not sleeping. Yeah, living but the dream, I'd say. been a piece of cake, in yeah. Andy,
2: was your weekend quite so hardcore?
0: I Definitely not. But I have started <laughs> a new, well, two new running challenges. One is, is the picking up the training for the marathon. I had a few nice comments on Strava now, less sarcastic, ah. where I've actually been able to put in a couple of runs. Um, and, and I've been getting in the gym pretty regularly, which we're going to come on to in a little bit. Um, and then we've also, we're, we're doing another video where I put four super shoes through their paces. So one K all out time trial on separate days in those shoes. So I tested the first one, uh, fairly recently in that. That formed part of my week of running. My but gosh, that, he, he sounds like he's been quite busy. I Doesn't
1: know, I mean, Andy. Are you som- okay? Are you, are you, are you? Yeah, you've right. done quite a lot of running, there. I mean, <laughs>
0: A lot of things hurt, for, mainly just from the one k. So from less than three minutes of effort. Yeah. Um, Flex. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm giving you the game away. That that particular pair of shoes seem to be quite fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my body knows about it today. Even though I've been relatively well conditioned from the gym stuff, just we- dipping into that. All-out speed is, is something else.
2: Well, you two sound like you've, you know, had a whale of a time. Me, I, conf- I just confirmed something I knew already. What? That you can't run a race with your nose only. <laughs>
1: did <laughs> we- you try to do this at park <laughs> Yeah,
2: I lasted <laughs> 32 seconds. <laughs>
1: really? Yeah. I actually did try this going up the mountain, but it was too hard. It's absolutely yeah. impossible. Do not try if you have a cold. I don't think anyone was work.
2: recommending nose breathing for racing, were they? Yeah. Well, mm, I... I, last week, yeah. Sarah said it was possible. You said it wasn't possible. Yes. So you agree with me? Yeah, on we generally do agree we with We generally to, to run five k, even in training or a race. Just using your nose. Hey, we yeah. had
1: someone that emailed in that said that they nose breathed through th- 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 for their easy runs. Well,
2: what have they got? Rabbit burrows as nostrils.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I do think there are a couple of things that are dependent. <laughs> yeah. If you are in general a mouth breather, you're going to find it very hard to switch. It's <laughs> you
2: impossible.
1: If you are well endowed with your nostrils.
2: Never heard that you... in that way before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a compliment.
2: Well endowed with your nostrils. Yeah. If you are you've got a you've got to hope in health email in podcast at their
1: yeah. if you want us to uh, print that on a t-shirt <laughs> <Well> <laughs> yeah. well
2: are endowed. you a mouth breather or do you have
0: are you, well endowed nostrils <laughs> what are we talking about sorry should we talk sorry. about yes. strength and conditioning
1: yes we should i'm really yeah. excited
2: about this week actually. yeah
1: so rick you are probably the biggest supporter of strength and conditioning i have ever met hmm without being, that's all you want to want to yeah. talk about. But as a runner, you love it. Yeah. Why?
2: I absolutely love it. Um, but there are obviously two kind of ways that you come in to strength and conditioning with running. So one way would be the way I've kind of come into it, which would be because of the injury route. Mm. The second part of strength and conditioning with running is just the general runner route. So if you're, you're about to improve your day to day running, mm-hmm. I love it for me because it actually allows me to run. If I didn't do strength and conditioning at this point, you know, a year on from having an osteotomy where they cut your shin in half, put it back in essentially oh, yeah. uh, there is no way uh, that's basically what they do if you you're like me and you've got a lot of metal in your leg or you've had you <laughs> if, know... <laughs> if you're like me again what are you
0: talking about that's got i mean i'm sure there are some people out there where this will be true yeah that, that's a, that is a minority that's a yeah if,
2: if you've had a, a serious knee injury yeah yes. as, as well the, there are two types in that way so i use it to enable me to run and i feel like I have to do it because if I didn't I'd lose the strength that would allow my muscles to run in the way that they need to and function the way that they need to. Yeah.
0: So and and that's you I'm in both camps. So I started strength and conditioning because I got to a point with my running where I was just about making international teams Mm. but wasn't very strong. I was strong enough in a very specific running movement. But then to go from that level to the level I wanted to be at, I was going to have to do so many more miles than I was Used to doing, So I was going to have to go from doing probably 30, 40 miles to what I ended up doing, which was closer to 100 miles a week. Um, and to do that, I needed to be strong enough to do it. So then I got introduced to a strength and conditioning coach and they went through kind of working out where my weaknesses were and then we started working on those weaknesses. And then now I'm in a position where I did that for my whole career, stopped running for a long period because I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm. And then I found the love of running again, built up to a decent level, but didn't do any of the strength and conditioning. And then now I've, I've got had this knee problem And I want to train for a marathon again. So I know that to get up to the level of mileage that I would like to run, I need to look after the, what you said, like the, the strength without which I I can't, my body will just not withstand the extra running. I think Andy's kind
2: of just hit on something there, Sarah, mm -hmm. which is that he's training for a marathon. Now, the, the natural thing in your head is that, oh, I'm doing strength and conditioning today at the gym, I'm missing out on a run, which is mm. probably where you are, maybe sometimes. Yeah, so this is
1: where I thought, I'd also just like to, uh, a slight slip of the tongue there, Andy, you said, and now I'm training for a marathon again. Oh, but you're not,
0: are you? Oh, I, I have run one yet. Oh, you? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I've never run a marathon. Good, so now, I'm training, good. Sorry, now I'm I just, aiming good, my mileage you know, again.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to just want to make sure we're factually accurate. So where strength and conditioning comes in for me is that I haven't mm. really got seriously injured yet, but mm. it's very much a fear, and I don't want to omit out strength and conditioning because I'm now getting to like a. I feel really confident with my running. I'm like pushing towards quite aggressive goals that I know I need a really big build up to. And actually the fear of injury is what's making me enjoy strength and conditioning because the single biggest difference for me that I felt between my first ever marathon and my latest one Mm. is actually doing stuff that makes me strong and actually a a lot of that so far has come through doing speed work which is kind of linked to strength but it's not yeah and hills
0: and stuff like that can build build strength in a different way
1: and before when i ran my first marathon i had done none of that really suffered with my it band just couldn't it's counterintuitive right because you would think that or oh, you need to be really strong to run shorter distances and to run faster. Mm. But actually, you also need to be really strong in order to run a marathon, just so that you, you've got the yeah. like barrier. Yeah, just it. think
0: about how many foot contacts you make in a, in, a, in a marathon, how many times your body weight goes through your hip, knee, ankle repetitively. Mm. And ultimately what running does is it finds the path of least resistance. So it'll find the... The weakest point, the weakest part, you like, uh, yeah. and, and then that's the bit that often gets injured. And sometimes that's because something else isn't quite right. So it might be that you have something that's so weak and part of your body that it can't do any of what it's meant to do. Whether that's like stabilizing your knee or your ankle or something like that, yeah. and then another muscle kind of takes on that burden and just gets massively mm-hmm. overloaded from long distance work, and then that muscle is the one that gets injured in inverted commas. But actually that muscle's not the problem. That muscle's just trying to do 10 times more than it should ever have to do. Too much. Because it's compensating for that weak point. So um, there's loads of stuff to kind of unpick. But I would say that don't be scared by strength and conditioning. I think loads of people are intimidated by the idea of a gym. Mm. Um, But you can start with loads of stuff that's just body weight. Like have a look in the mirror doing at home, bare feet or in socks. Not shoes, basically. Look in the mirror and do a single leg squat where you just try and... Sort of sit back a little bit, but also bend your knee forwards over your foot. And then if the knee falls in, so it, it dives in directly across your your big toe, so it's falling into your centre line of your body, then that's a bad sign if you can't hold that kind of good running form because your, mm. your knee should go forward over your second toe broadly. Um, also, if you if you can you test your like range of motion at your ankle, these are all things that physios would test. So how much flexibility you've got there. Your big toe as well plays a massive impact in, into how stable you are when you're running. And these are all like fairly simple tests that you could do. And then that you can start working on, you can stand on one foot brushing your teeth. You mm-hmm. can then test a, a one-legged squat without any weight. But then as you get better, you can start doing the one-legged, one-legged squat at home with, um, I think it's actually called a single leg squat. <laughs> See, not a gym, not a gym bro. <laughs> one-legged um, squat. But then you, um, you then you can put a rucksack on with like tins of vegetables yeah. in them or <clears> baked beans or just, just to give you extra weight as you do it. Calf raises, all the things like that. They're all things that you can do at home. And generally, the rule is try to do things slowly and controlled. Mm. Don't hammer calf yeah. raises as fast as you can. You want to hold those positions and, and control the speed.
1: One thing that I would love to ask both of you actually is DOMS. When you mm. run a marathon, when you've done like a really hard effort, it's quite normal that you would expect to get DOMS afterward. Delayed onset muscle soreness with gym work Mm. how often in your like day-to-day training are you getting serious doms because that was one thing that really put me off wanting to go to the gym because i was like oh i don't want to run if if my muscles are really aching every single week because i'm going to the gym but then i started following workouts on youtube and on like different apps that Mm. were specifically for runners and i haven't been getting doms because i found that they're lighter exercises and I'm also not just going into the gym picking up the heaviest thing that I can possibly find and then the next day being in bits
0: yeah there's loads of stuff here so there's so that's us maybe think of a whole bunch of stuff that I'll try and go through in a coherent way um <laughs> I think some of it is consistency so if you're doing the same set of exercises consistently over the weeks then you shouldn't get doms because you're doing the same thing every week so you get them the first time or two mm. that you do it but then if you're doing it regularly enough and you're not massively increasing the number of reps or the amount of weight that you lift then your body has adapted to that, which is what DOMS is. Mm -hmm. So then you shouldn't get DOMS. But then you need to think about whether that's enough to maintain a level of strength. If you actually want to gain strength, not just maintain, then you do need to be doing what's called functional overreaching, which is where you test yourself a little bit more than you ever have every time or or, or certainly every few weeks. So if that was lifting weights, like say, take a simple, like like a, a squat, uh, whether that's with a kettlebell or with a weight on your back or whatever it might be. If you do that and you just do the same week, same weight every week, then you won't get stronger, but you'll maintain your level of strength. But if you're starting from a really low level of strength, then you need to build up resilience and musculature and actually like, uh, I think it's called hypertrophy, where you grow muscle, mm-hmm. your muscles get bigger. Then you
2: need to have DOMS.
0: Yeah, then, then you'll need to yeah. have it at a fairly regular cadence in your training to, because every time you put the weight up to something you've never done before, you're doing that functional overreaching, so you don't want to get too sore, but you need to get a little. Yeah, bit it's sore actually a good get,
2: thing. So yeah. DOMS is actually a good thing. It but, is good, but then the pain that you get from if you're running uh, a, a race should be less because you're doing all those exercises.
0: Yeah, but again, if you do a race where you've never achieved that time before, every time you're doing something that you've never let your body do, made your body do before, it's new to you. Yeah, there will be a degree of adaptation required afterwards, and that takes the form of recovery so you'll get a little bit sore but yeah the the stronger you are in lots of different functional movements so think about the movements that you have to do while you're running lunges single leg squats Mm. um squats calf raises all of those things the better you are at those functional movements the more protected you are when you get tired in a race and then you might get sore
2: you've you've touched on it but the single leg leg press i would say is the king and queen of the running world when it comes to strength and conditioning. Yeah. So if there's one thing that, that if you say, I'm not going to do anything, but if there's one exercise that I think will help you, yeah. that does so many muscle groups yeah. and also protects your knees a lot because it just builds up all the muscles around your knees. Yeah. I'm so sad that I actually know the names of the muscles. Do you want to know? I want to test you. And also you, yeah.
1: what's the name of when you do singular exercises? that's it.
2: Are they as good as the vastus lateralis, the vastus medialis, the vastus intermedius, and the rectus femoris function? I mean, that would be more impressive if I couldn't see you reading them off a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I was just looking down. I was embarrassing you. <laughs> um, no well seriously, done, the, the, the single leg leg press is the. They king. were the quadriceps, it, by the way, right? Yeah, the quads. Yeah.
1: I also think if you can if you can do one thing today. Stand on one leg, brushing your teeth. It is what um, yeah. Western States 100 this year's male winner, Tom Evans. I remember we did an interview with him. Yeah. He does this. So like if, if he is yeah. winning 100 miles and doing this, do it. You will that, notice a difference. That's a different
0: part of strength and conditioning, interestingly, because that's kind of, if you're not in a deep squat position doing it, then it's not a muscle building strength build. It's, that's a proprioception thing. So that's how well your body can deal with the, like the movement input and, and kind of control at the ankle or the knee and all that sort of stuff yeah. so that's a part of it so you need to be able to your body needs to know how to respond to changing terrain or to like maybe twisting your ankle slightly or whatever mm. out on a run um so yeah i think that's interesting just on the single leg squat or the the leg press that, that rick talked about important point there like if you've not used that kind of machine before start really light get some advice on how to do it do properly a double, do a double to start, yeah, start with, with, yeah, start with yeah, both yeah. legs but also never mm. to my knowledge anyway Never lock your knees out in that position. Um, So never push all the way so your knees fully lock out because that is really risky. So Mm. just a little disclaimer for us.
1: One other thing, just whilst we're on this topic as well, is I was having an interesting conversation at the weekend with someone about... Um, like hit training versus strength training as mm. a runner. So before I started running, I used to love doing like high intensity intervals where it's strength and cardio combined. Yeah. If you are, if that's what you enjoy and if that's how you want to get your strength training in as a runner, you're still getting some cardio in. So like yeah. just be aware that if you are doing that type of training, you might actually want to factor that in even more to your week of running yeah because that is because
0: hit training is is or circuits is another form of strength and conditioning so it doesn't all have to be like body weight is just as good sometimes Mm -hmm. um and hit training also will improve your vo2 max because your heart rate is elevated for the whole period of the exercise so like there's that that could be a really good option for people that are a little bit worried about the gym Follow some HIP programs. Yeah,
2: it's much more fun. And and you can do classes. You I love uh, the, it. The pace is faster. It was what I got, got into, you know, six months down the line in my rehab journey after a couple of major ops. You know, bringing in box jumps, which are yeah. really good for your thrust in running. So to get yourself going, if you want to change pace towards yeah. the end of a racer at the beginning. Also single leg hops are so just on one yeah. leg, 20 on each leg. Three sets of those.
1: You could do that whilst brushing it, your teeth. You can do as that well? while
2: brushing teeth. And oh, that-,
0: that sounds dangerous. I poke <laughs> myself in the
2: eye. Well, I, I'd I'd say the single leg calf raises are the best in the shower. Twenty oh, on each leg
1: in the shower. I
2: do those in the shower. Yeah, that's that's, right. that's the first one I got. Your going. shower is grippy. Yeah. That's a yeah. uh, mental image. I didn't do you know what need? though? I think just what. <laughs> 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 moving on uh just wanna one thing I would say to people who are really put off because about going to the gym is that you look at it and you go I can't be bothered I get there I've got to be there for an hour uh, and then I've got to go there back it just takes yeah. so long I have a real simple rule with strength and conditioning I have six exercises I rotate them every single time I go to the gym so I'm only ever in the gym for about 40 minutes yeah that's the same actually maximum. that's been a revelation for me this time yeah. around and and it Basically changes your 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 mental outset to going in because you know you do one two three four five six and you do all six at the you know the the best you can do them top strength you can do them building them up every week or depending on where you're at and then you're out you're in out and if you take that attitude it's far easier to get in the gym.
1: Also, every runner should be doing this. So let's all make a little yeah. pact right now.
2: Well, I've got a little plan
0: that we should have a a, a sort of team running channel gym class i'd love that sarah did not look very happy with that
1: (laughs) (laughs) no actually i would could like yeah 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 give me a few months in the gym just so i can win
0: yeah so we'd love to hear from you if you've got any questions about the gym email into podcasts at the running channel.com we'll do our best to answer them or to point you in the right direction um there's loads of stuff out there it can be a bit of a minefield but basically start with bodyweight stuff uh and take it from there You're listening to the Running Channel podcast. Up next, we've got your news stories followed by my favourite bit, answering your questions.
1: Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now, at the Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule.
0: Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about.
1: Yeah. And if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. <laughs> It's almost question time, but first, every episode, we pick a new story from the world of running to chat about here. And Andy, what have you got? I've
0: got a slightly controversial one. Well, cool. you'll be the judges of that probably. Mm. Uh-oh. The San Fermin Festival has been taking place, yeah. uh, which is in Pamplona. So that's the bull run. Um, so where oh. the stampeding bulls chase people over around, 100. I think it's 850 metres oh, roughly yeah. long. bit of uh, drama. From Santo Domingo to the, to the bull ring in Pamplona. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just every year people get hurt. The animals get hurt. There's a lot yeah. of protesters, understandably, from an animal rights perspective. There's also a lot of history there as to what happens from a... Traditionally, I think it's it goes back hundreds of years um, from a, I think, butchery perspective in terms of herding the animals through the town. Um, so, yeah, it's people have been hurt and, yeah. and animals have died as well. So, it's just, I guess... I'd rather not be chased by bulls if I was running 800 (laughs) minutes. That's that's where I'm going from.
1: I just think personally, I saw a video of this come up on my Instagram recently and I was like, in nowadays, when deep fakes are becoming more and more of a thing, can we not just CGI it if people want to see it? Like the the thing that I find Mm. slightly ridiculous is the video that came up for me is that a bull caught up with someone and then obviously started injuring them yeah. yeah and then people were like whoa and then started fighting the bull and i was like well, what did you expect to happen I know, that's it's the a thing, bull. Right?
0: they don't know what's going on and, and and like it's it's dangerous for everyone involved like i suppose that's the point right it's a visceral thrill yeah um but yeah it's it's I something think, that makes me a bit uncomfortable when i when i see it and read about it and stuff but
1: yeah there are other i just think let's innovate it if it's i understand if it's like a big tradition you know there's the the man v horse race
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That it has been, well, I don't know the, health and safety behind that but like no animals as far as I'm aware have got hurt doing that race so could we not do a similar thing of like rather than a bull it's a slightly friendlier animal and a lot of
2: people are scared of more domesticated uh, animals like cats I mean there's a real big ginger cat down the bottom of our road that hates me and (laughs) I have to leg it past every time oh my
1: gosh I've got this Yeah. my next door neighbour has a cat I have never seen a cat fight back as (laughs) much as that cat does honestly every time my poor little dog goes out in my front garden for a wee this cat is ready to attack
2: forget the balls folks yeah. sarah what you got
1: right yeah so my news story is actually my news story from last week uh because i messed up is this where you
0: said that a guy was on fire and ran 200 meters in 17 seconds
1: yes that's the one um <laughs> so he
0: broke usain bolt's world record i mean suppose if you're going to have an incentive then being on fire would be it <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah
1: maybe we've been doing like the olympics all wrong yeah, just, we should just set everyone on fire <laughs> yeah no, incredible. that's a joke um so just an update on this news story he broke two records which is why my figures were wrong and ah. the news article was wrong so um a guy called jonathan vero french firefighter mm. age
0: 39
1: Pompier? what's that is that firefighter <laughs> Pretty sure it's french for
0: firefighter <laughs> <Pompier>. sorry
2: <laughs> sorry I, it took me a while
1: brilliant um, he ran just
2: preparing oh he's not here next week
1: no, he is, unfortunately. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. We've got a few more weeks before we get rid of him. Thanks, guys. Um, So he ran 100 metres in 17 seconds without oxygen, which is a record. And then he ran a total of 272.25 metres in the furthest full body burn. Which, interestingly, these records were previously held, people have been doing this for a while, and the previous Guinness World Record holder was Anthony Britton, who ran 670 feet and finished 100 metres in 25 seconds, or 24.58. Sarah,
2: how does it feel to have your facts right? I'm <laughs> amazed what, at
1: I feel satisfied <laughs> that I have put the worlds to right. It's not like we didn't really get any emails in asking for an update. But there's what you didn't want.
0: Yeah, that no one asked for it, but we've got it. Like, I also love the fact that, like, you you've given us the fact that the the previous record was 670 feet, and the new meter, the, the new record is 272 meters. So. Yeah, this
1: was from a new new <laughs> news. Hey, look, come I am on, just taking on, the... put some effort <laughs> into it. <laughs> you know what? I wrote this out and was like, oh, that's annoying, because I took it from. a But news you didn't bother article. converting it. No, I didn't bother converting you know, it. No,
0: Fair enough. I'll I also... finish
1: on. Ferro works as both a firefighter and a professional stuntman, and he said he's always had a passion for fire.
0: Nice. I don't think also that he did it without oxygen to the extent that he wasn't breathing. I think this is like, you know, if you go up Everest, Everest without oxygen, it's like you don't have the breathing apparatus. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously. Didn't have the apparatus. Okay. Yeah, there we it's are. It's not
1: like he gaffer taped his mouth and well, ran on I'm fire. He might have
0: been <laughs> trying to do it through, through nose breathing.
1: Right. Next week, back to running news stories okay. that don't involve fire or bulls. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Well, a lot of what comes out of Rick's mouth could be uh, related to bulls in some way.
2: Next up. It's your questions. It's question time. First one today comes from Melissa N L Rondeau. I don't know where Melissa's from.
0: You've gone for a French French twist to it, though.
2: Yeah, she. So maybe France or Canada? Could be France. France or Canada. Melissa says, I find it pretty much challenging when I have to hit fast pace during training, like during a tempo session. I struggle to maintain the pace. Here's my question. Is it possible that some people have less fast twitch muscle fibres and more slow twitch muscle fibres and that they're better suited for long distance running, rather fast punchy pace running? I honestly don't know what's going on <laughs>
1: I like that as a phrase <laughs> a good question, can we start naming our Strava titles out for a fast punchy pace run
0: <laughs> yes I think I think that's good I, I've, I can jump in the there are definitely people who have differences in fast twitch and slow twitch muscle fiber that's why people are definitely from different areas of the world sometimes predisposed genetically to be better or, or worse yeah. at long distance running or um, or sprinting but the I think the key here is that tempo like a faster pace during a tempo session shouldn't actually be that fast that's not interval training so that's that's that should be a pace that is sustainable for a long period of time generally in my experience where this is an issue people feel one pace they feel like they got one training pace and that's because they haven't tried short sharp stuff for example so if if you you only ever run at one pace and then you try to accelerate then one it's really hard if you try to do it in a run Mm -hmm. whereas if you stop your run, like at the end of a warm-up, and then go into an interval. You've separated the two things, and you can kind of accelerate up to the pace that you want to go at. Mm. Two, if you—I don't even know whether i are counting. I'm going to go one, two, B, C. Um, <laughs> but but then then you then 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 you uh, if you run something really short and sharp. So if you just ran a 30-second effort as fast as you could, mm. then you'd find that you obviously can run that faster than you could run for an hour or two hours. So if you find your max pace, then all of a sudden, and and do practice at that, then tempo pace should feel much more comfortable. But if you've only ever run at one pace and then you're like, well, I'm gonna try and run a sustained tempo for half an hour, 40 minutes, which is faster than my normal running pace, it's just gonna feel flat out because you haven't given yourself any headroom on the paces that you normally run
1: at. Yeah, no matter what you're training for, you should always go like above and below. But I think sometimes if you're training for a shorter distance, like 5K, you can quite often go, oh, well, 5K pace is the fastest that I'll go. And then everything else will be slower than my 5K pace. I personally, if you want to add in a bit of speed after an easy run, 100 meters four times, at not quite but yeah. almost like max effort. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Yeah. Get some strides in.
0: Yes, we love we love strides. Wow. That would be our biggest rep. But yeah, I think you need to have put you need to have put the pace into your armory so yeah. that you can then have a range of paces that are available to you. So, in fact, we've literally just done a video right about this. But mm-hmm. but like the difference in my race pace versus my easy recovery run pace was around about four minutes a mile. Which wow. Which is a massive difference. So the, that, and that's the, and then to me, there was, a, there was a big difference between 800 meter pace, 1500 meter pace, 3K pace. Yeah. Whereas to most people, that's just the same pace because it's just as fast as you can go. So the more paces that you are comfortable at and that you can kind of select from, then the easier dialing into those paces will feel basically. So hopefully that's helpful for yeah. Melissa.
2: Wow. Twitch muscle fiber. Got to admit, hadn't heard of it before today. That's
1: because it's
0: fast twitch or slow twitch.
2: I don't think you can just have twitch.
1: are you, you? I'm twitch. Just twitch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some twitch muscle fibers. That's another thing for a t-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, I'm I'm twitch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're chatting them out today. Um, Naismith emailed, don't know where they're from no idea oh, so oh, so salty
0: we have definitely
2: about... had lots of emails in from people who've given us their names. Really? so we're, we're going to come to you i promise when alternating shoes with different drops what's the widest range a person can go without getting running injuries how much of a change in drop can be felt by a typical runner and does a shoe drop matter more for certain types of running for example trail speed work and marathons how does it change
0: so let's get into what we're talking about. Heel drop is how much higher your heel is than your toe. So yeah. traditional running shoes back in the day would have been like 10 or 12 millimeters. And then there are some shoes now with zero drop, like ultra, for example, what well, they wouldn't call it zero drop. They, they would call it balanced, I think. But but yeah, that means no, that means it's completely flat. So your heel is as if you were barefoot on the floor. Your heel is exactly the same height off the ground mm. as your the ball of your foot. Um, and yeah, the, the, there are newer brands in the last 10 years that have come in where they're, they're MO there, USP like Hoka, is is having lower drop, so five, five mil. So if you were running in Nike Pegasus that have traditionally always been twelve mil, and then all of a sudden you went into Ultra at zero drop, then you'd notice it. They would feel physically different. You'd feel the okay. strain on your Achilles and your calf muscles.
2: Well so, but do most of the Hokers have a smaller drop or is did it change within pretty the brand? Uni-
0: No, pretty universally across their range. I think they're five mil or five or six mil, maybe four mil, but they're very close. Whereas Wow uh, whereas other brands will have quite a range like some racing shoes they might have lower drop and then their, their normal everyday mileage shoes higher drop but i guess it's just being sensible like anything like the more so I, i'm probably at a disadvantage here because i'd run for 20 years in traditional 10 12 mil drop shoes apart from the spikes that i'd have raced on on the track which were almost zero drop and I had to really carefully condition myself to wearing them on the spot on the track because I'd be running flat out in something that gave me no support and no cushioning and no drop. So a lot of pressure on my Achilles. Um, but, but that means that because I did so much of my mileage in traditional running shoes now, I've had to take longer to transition to the shoes that I test more regularly, like Hoka's or ultras or whatever. And I did notice that the first few times that I was running in those shoes. So over a couple of months, I would add them into the rotation of my shoes. Um but yeah, g- generally you can get away with a decent range, just again, strength and conditioning. Like you'll be more resilient to all of this stuff the more yeah. strength and conditioning you do, particularly with calf raises.
1: And the more aware you are of it as well. Yeah. If you are buying a new pair of shoes, check your old heel to toe, heel to toe drop, check your new one. Yeah. And then if it is dramatically different, feed it into rotation rather than putting the old shoes away and getting the new ones out and using that for every single session.
0: Yeah, and I think a little bit of variety will help you to to be more resilient. And, and, and just to answer the last part of the question about different types of running trail running shoes traditionally have have migrated towards having lower drops because you potentially have a bit of a better feel for the the terrain you might feel slightly more under control on like steep uphills or downhills um so that's that's I guess all a I'll lower
2: be. drops are less of a distance between the back yes yeah, so a flatter shoe right basically. Okay, yeah yeah
0: um so yeah I think that's' hopefully answer that question but just be sensible put it into rotation and the more variety you have i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but if you are constantly changing and you started to notice that you're picking up niggles
2: then that probably is that and you need to settle on one more similar type of shoe item super podcast at the running if you've got any more
1: You've been listening to the Running Channel podcast. We got through it. We made it, just about. Amazing. Um, if you could do us a small favour and leave us a rate and review, we love reading through them. Do make sure you email in as well, and we will see you next time. Goodbye.
0: Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do. To run her best.
1: If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.